So there's actually a lot to discuss today that does not pertain to Penn State football. Um, playoff rankings are, are finalized. Playoffs are set. Not much debate about that. Uh, the Heisman finalists are announced. A lot of debate about that. More debate about that. The transfer portal is hot and heavy. James Franklin said that would happen. There, I saw are over a thousand players in the transfer portal. I follow an Instagram account, and it seems like every time I look at it, a couple times a day, just to check, there's ten plus names that go into the portal that day. And there's a lot of big names out there, and we'll we'll get to some of those names. We'll talk about some of that. Um, talk about the guys from Penn State that are in the portal. Not many. I don't know if, if we're expecting some. At least maybe not some of the big names. So. Talk about that. We'll talk about the bowl games and talk about the the New Year's Six games. I'm not going to talk about the rest of the bowl games, although I did want to have some fun with the names. There are some are some goofy ones, not as many as there usually is, but um, we'll get into that. Yeah, Penn State going to the Rose Bowl, which still is crazy to think about that Penn State is going to the Rose Bowl. It's one thing when you go to the Cotton Bowl or the Orange Bowl. You know, and it's just, it, I know it's a New Year's Six game. I know those are both New Year's Six games, and it's, its you know, the goal if you're not going to the playoffs, that, you know, the next best thing is is going to the New Year's Six games. But the Rose Bowl just seems, it just seems, it just seems different, right? And obviously, it's you know, a historic thing for, for the Big Ten, and it'll be the 100th anniversary of the first time that Penn State played in the Rose Bowl. Um, I've never played Utah before, so that'll be cool. And James Franklin mentioned it the other day in the Rose Bowl um, you know, teleconference that it's it's rare that in 2022 you get to do something like this for the first time and you know play an opponent that you haven't played before. So uh, that's cool. It's the, it's the last um, traditional Rose Bowl. Next year, Rose Bowl is, is part of the playoffs. And then obviously in 2024, 2025, the 12-team playoffs expand. So there's no more traditional Rose Bowl after that or after this year. So that's kind of cool that we'll we'll be in, in that one. Um, we'll talk about, about that game. We'll talk about all the other New Year's Six games more in depth as it starts to get closer to that. But we'll, you know, we'll go off of, of what's set. We'll talk about those games. Final rankings. Georgia at one, Michigan at two, TCU at three, Ohio State at four, Bama and Tennessee five and six, Clemson, Utah, Kansas State, USC round out the top 10, Penn State fell out of the top 10 from eight to 11. I guess there's no real surprise with that, with the, with the teams that won Kansas State and Utah um, jumping up ahead of us, USC obviously fell out of the top four and Ohio State replaced them. I don't know if there was any debate i mean I, th- I think there was from the alabama fans perspectives i think just because that they're i think that they're entitled to being in the playoffs this, this is the first playoff though without bama or clemson and i really wish they would have played each other in the bowl game but um yeah ohio state was always going to be in over alabama if usc lost like they did shout out to utah like there was no other no other scenario that you could have mentioned. Like it wasn't going to be okay. It's either Ohio State gets in because of this, or Bama gets in because of this. 
And Clemson, even though they won the ACC and they had two losses and they were so far down already, they were at number nine. So it's not like they were going to jump from nine to four. And Georgia, Michigan, TCU, even though TCU lost to Kansas State in the, in the Big 12 title game, shot to Kansas State. They lost in overtime. They lost by one point. And I saw a lot of people, I saw Shannon Sharp mentioning, you know, every time a team loses, the next rankings when they come out or the next poll or whatever, those teams drop. Well, I mean, come on. Like, TCU wasn't going to drop. You know, if it, it didn't matter what happened. They would probably have had to get blown out by, you know, three or four touchdowns for them to drop out of the top four. And then that, you know, that might have opened the door for, for a team like Alabama. But there was never going to be a scenario where the fourth team was anyone other than Ohio State. And Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State have been the four most consistent teams from start to finish. Sure, they've had some shaky wins and they've had some close close games. I know TCU lost um, in, the, in, the, in the Big 12 title game. I know Ohio State got blown out in the second half at home to Michigan. I know, but the entirety of the season, those teams, not Bama, Clemson, you know, up and down. Tennessee, they were number one, but then fell the last handful of weeks of the season. You know, none of those teams were, you know, super consistent outside of, outside of those four. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say I have a problem. Like, I don't have a problem with the top four. I mean, those are the teams that have bit up there all season so it's not surprising and the Ohio State thing having the one loss and to, you know number two team in the country having the one loss not playing for a conference title game and then being in the playoffs it, they're 11 and one you know if they were 10 and two and they were 10 and two along with Bama Clemson and Tennessee sure maybe that there's a, a debate about that but they weren't they're 11 and one they were number five and the number four loss so simple math just move up one spot. So um, Alabama is going to play Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Clemson is playing Tennessee in the Orange Bowl. Obviously, Penn State and, and uh, Utah play in the uh, Rose Bowl. And USC will be playing Tulane, I believe, in the um, in the Cotton Bowl. Ohio State and Georgia play in the Peach Bowl, semifinals number one, and then Michigan and TCU in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. Both those games should be great. Jackson Smith and Jigba for Ohio State is not playing, declared for the draft. I think that was maybe expected. Uh, I hope that Georgia routes Ohio State. Um, I don't really have a dog in this fight other than seeing Georgia just destroy Ohio State. Um, and Michigan, TCU, whatever. I don't really care about, about that game. You know. Anyways, um, the Heisman was announced. I mentioned that as well. Uh, it's... Caleb Williams, Max Max Duggan from TCU, Stetson Bennett, and C.J. Stroud, quarterback at Ohio State. Um, I think Caleb Williams and Stroud were the two locks. I'm very surprised that Stetson Bennett made it. I, I thought maybe it'd be Hendon Hooker. I guess if he didn't get hurt, you know, then maybe he played in 11 games. Hendon Hooker did before he got hurt. He played in most of that that South Carolina loss. But had 3,100 yards, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Stetson Bennett played in 13 games, had had 3,400 yards, but had 20 touchdowns and six interceptions. Now, granted, I know they didn't need him to do a whole lot because their defense was elite. So they didn't need to put up a lot of touchdowns in order for them to win games. But fun fact, 
Sean Clifford had more touchdown passes than Stetson Bennett. That doesn't mean anything. I just wanted to. I just wanted to say that. Caleb Williams, over 4,000 yards, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. I know they lost to Utah. I feel like the. I feel like most of the time, no one takes into consideration the conference title game. For whatever reason, I think they just look at the body work from the regular season and no one pays a lick of attention to the conference title game because most people have their minds made up already. Um, CJ Stroud, 3,300 yards, 37 touchdowns, six interceptions. He wasn't nearly as good as he was last year, numbers-wise. Um, they had a lot more close wins than maybe expected, um, but you know, nonetheless, I think everyone anticipated that he would have a, another really good season and another good opportunity to be in New York for that. Um, Max Duggan, TCU. 3,300 yards, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, so all those guys put up solid numbers. I definitely, I definitely didn't think that Stetson Bennett would be a Heisman finalist with only 20 touchdowns and six interceptions. You know, I guess Georgia being number one in the country and him being the quarterback of the, of the number one team in the country, I guess that means something. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe. Um, Michael Penix Jr., quarterback of Washington, led the revival of, of Washington with over 4,300 yards, 29 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. You know, Drake Make, quarterback in North Carolina, over 4,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Um, you know, maybe if they didn't lose a game towards the end of the season, he you know, he would be there. But and I said a couple weeks ago, there was no no one really blew the competition away in terms of their numbers. You know, I know Caleb Williams had over 4,000 yards, and he had the good touchdown-interception ratio, and he did some spectacular things. You know, Stroud had you know some good numbers, and you know he had some good wins, but no one really was like that that guy. There was no separation, I think, throughout the course of the entire season. You had guys like Bo Nix in there. You know, I mentioned Drake May, um, but I think it was always going to be Stroud and Williams. And then the other guys that I, I had mentioned was Hendon Hooker and um, Blake Corum. I think Blake Corum needed to play in the Ohio State game and have a big game. I mean, if he would have had the game that Donovan Edwards has, I think he might have been in there, but he would have just been another guy, I think, just to fill seats. And I think that's why I think that's why Stetson Bennett went, um, to be honest with you. I, I think him and Max Duggan, I don't think they have a chance of winning it. Uh, I think it's going to be Caleb Williams. And then I think Stroud will finish second. I think probably De Max Duggan will finish third, and then Bennett will finish fourth. in in the guy In terms of the guys that are going to be there, I think when you look at it, because there's always guys who finish in the top, you know, in the top five or whatever that aren't invited to New York. Um, Michael Robinson, for example, just to just to give you a quick little Penn State history lesson, finished fifth in the Heisman voting in 2005, and obviously wasn't even invited to New York. Uh, I think Barkley finished in the top, you know, top six or seven when I think 2007 when he when he had his you know awesome season. But uh, I think it's gonna be Caleb Williams again, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. USC two losses. I know they had the loss to Utah, but I don't think anyone really paid attention to that one. Um, you know, he got hurt in that game as well. Hendon Hooker got hurt against South Carolina. Still had awesome numbers. I think if he if he didn't have a season-ending injury, this is kind of random, but I think if he didn't have a season-ending injury, I think he, um, I think he would probably be there. But because of that, I, I mean, maybe that's why they left him out. But again, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Caleb Williams um, winning it, and then 
he'll be another guy in, in recent memory to have a good chance of going back-to-back since he is a sophomore and has to come back next year. Um, Bryce Young obviously won it last year, failed to do so. And there's been a couple other guys, Johnny Manziel had a chance, Tim Tebow, you know, you know, a decade ago or whatever it was. So um, he'll have a good chance of, of doing that next year as well. But there's obviously going to be a ton of other guys who, who come back and, and do so. Um, bowl games. There are too many bowl games as as per usual, but there's so many bowl games that you're bound to have the random ones and the random names that that are associated with them. So I want to run through the bowl games, and and there's only I think 40 something bowl games, and obviously once you get to the New Year's Six games, we all know the names of those ones, so I won't go into those ones. But like for example, first game uh, starts December 16th. There's a heads up. Miami of Ohio and UAB in the hometown lenders Bahamas Bowl. It's pretty funny, right? Scale one to ten. I'll give it a, I'll give it a four. It just sounds kind of funny. Hometown lenders Bahamas Bowl. Um, number twenty-five TC uh, UTSA taking on Troy in the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. I think that's pretty funny. Duluth Trading. Um, we'll give it a, we'll give it a six. Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Eh, give it a, give it a four, maybe a five. SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl, Florida and Oregon State. Um, eh, give it a two. This next one's pretty funny. Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, presented by Stifle. I think it's just funny because it's the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. So we'll give that one a nine. Lending Tree Bowl, eh. New Mexico Bowl, eh. Frisco Bowl, nah. Merrill Beach Bowl, shout out to UConn and, and, and Coach Mora, Mora making it. Good for them. Um, shout out to Marshall, led by... Um, Charles Huff, former running backs coach at Penn State uh, with James Franklin. So good for him. Good for us. Uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Eastern Michigan and San Jose State. I'll give it out a 10 because it's the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. I just love the name of it, so I'll give that a 9. RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. I think this is the first time that a team from New Orleans is not, or from Louisiana, is not playing in this game, which is funny. Um, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, obviously Air Force is in that one. They're playing Baylor, eh, not, not too funny. Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, eh. Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, give that an eight, it's a funny name. Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, for the first time, I think ever, Hawaii is not playing this game. Middle Tennessee and San Diego State, um, eh, not that funny. Quick Lane Bowl, it's been around for thousands of years, it seems like. New Mexico Bowling Green, what a great matchup, um, not that funny. Camellia Bowl, eh, kind of, give it a five. Surf Pro, First Responders Bowl. Um, I've had Surf Pro at the house before with the flood in our basement. Uh, shot to them, but not a funny name. Ticket Smarter, Birmingham Bowl, Coastal Carolina and East Carolina. Battle of the Carolinas there. Uh, not that funny. Guaranteed Rate Bowl, Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. Eh, not that funny either. Military Bowl presented by Paraton, UCF and Duke. Eh. AutoZone Liberty Bowl, eh. My favorite, I think, all time is this one, the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. It used to be the San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. And I'm mad that they changed that, but that's pretty funny. That's a lengthy one for no reason, so we'll give that one a 10. Tax Act Texas Bowl, eh. Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl, give that a 10, funny name. Cheez-It Bowl, funny name again, give it a 10. Um, Valero Alma Bowl, been the same for a while. Duke's Mayo Bowl, that's funny as well. Give it a 10. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, only going to give it negative points because Pitt is playing in it and suck at Pitt. 
Um, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, and not that funny. Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, minus 100 points. Uh, and then we get to the other ones, you know, the Capital One Bowl, I'll say Sugar Bowl. I miss when it was, you know, when it was like the uh, the FedEx Orange Bowl, the Nokia Sugar Bowl, um, the Verbo Fiesta Bowl, was it the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, the Peach Bowl, I forget that used to be, Cotton Bowl, uh, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, um, yeah, I think of the Cheese It Citrus Bowl, LSU and Purdue, shout out to Purdue, um, that's probably, I guess our, that's probably our best one of the season, that sucks, but, so, not as many funny names as there used to be, but, you know, there's still way too many bowl games, like, I think Miami's playing in a bowl game, and they only have, I think, five wins, like, you know, the standard needs to be higher, like, you should have to win eight games to go to a bowl game, six wins is just like, these are, these are all participation trophies, and some of these bowls don't even like the gifts that they get. I mean, you don't get to the good gifts until you get to the you know closer to the New Year's Six games and, and those ones and the the um, New Year's Day games and all those. So some of these other games, like you should have to win eight games because we got to change this shit. Now I don't know how this is going to change when the playoffs expand to twelve teams. If they're going to eliminate some bowls, add some more bowls, they shouldn't. They should take away bowls. And like I said, you should have to win. Like seven or eight games. Eight games like is good. Eight games is good. Um, none of this. None of this shit. That's like I mean, they start you know December sixteenth, and you have all these really shitty games and all these you know average at best teams. Um, I know bowl games are you know, another another trip, but like half these bowl games are in you know cold places, and if you watch some of them, sometimes people are bundled bundled up. It's, you know, end of December for a lot of these places, and it's freezing. Like, the Military Bowl is going to be Wednesday, December 28th. It's going to be in, in Annapolis. It's going to be freezing there. Same with the AutoZone Liberty Bowl in Memphis. You know, the Pinstripe Bowl is the 29th. It's going to be in New York. Fr- frigid up there. So, yeah, I, I, I really hate how many bowl games there are. Especially because you're just basically picking names out of a hat for sponsors every year for different ones. So you should have to win eight games. I'm going on to this bowl game rant for no no reason whatsoever. I just hate how many bowl games there are. And I hate that there's the countless six and six teams, seven and five teams that get in there. You know, Penn State making it last year at seven and five, I you know, to the Outback Bowl was it's just because we have the name. Like if if fucking Rice What's what's Rice's record this year? Let's let's see what there is. I'm going on this tangent. They're five and seven. Rice is five and seven, and they are in a bowl game. I, like how 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 is that possible? How is that possible? I need to go through all these and see how many of these teams. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna go see how many of these teams are six and six or worse. And I guarantee you, I don't know how many bowl games there are. I didn't, I didn't count them all, but I guarantee you, there's a good bit of these teams that are. Six and six or worse. So we'll see how that goes. But nonetheless, um, on to the New Year's Six games. And I mentioned the matchups already, but um, it's some like it's some interesting games of, of teams that I, I'd love to see how many times these these teams have ever played. It might be a situation like the Rose Bowl where we've never played Utah before. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how many times these these teams have all played each other. 
uh, Bama and K-State. Not sure they've ever played each other, but that should be a pretty good a pretty good game. Uh, that one is 12 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, that's Saturday the 31st. Um, the other non-New Year's Six game, non-playoff game that day is Iowa and Kentucky. That should be an absolute barn burner of a game. I think maybe the first team to 10 points will, will win that one. And then you have number three, TCU, and number two, Michigan, in the Fiesta Bowl, 4 o'clock ESPN, um, also on the 31st. And then number four, Ohio State, and number one, Georgia, 8 o'clock on ESPN in the Peach Bowl. Uh, Monday, you have number 16, Tulane, taking on number 10, USC, in the Cotton Bowl. That is 1 o'clock ESPN. Um, the other non-New Year's Six game on the on the second is the Citrus Bowl. You have number 17, LSU, taking on Purdue. Shout out to Purdue. Uh, 1 o'clock on ABC. And then the boys play 5 o'clock. Um, we play number 8, Utah. And that is also on ESPN. I am not going to that game. Uh, I used my husband PTO this year um, for the Outback Bowl and then did some traveling during the season. So I'm saving all of my PTO for when we go to the playoffs next year and the year after that and the year after that. So big things are are coming our way. Um, all right. So looking ahead to the transfer portal as well. No, we're, we're already in the portal. They said that there are, and I mentioned this to start, over 1,000 names in the transfer portal. Penn State has three names in there um, as of, well, as of today. I think there was more guys, but... In, in recent in recent memory, uh, recent memory, recent, recent days, uh, Jeffrey Davis Jr. Quarter, uh, cornerback is in there, guy who saw the saw the field, um, you know, limited action, saw saw the field, um, and I think the other two were um, obviously Christian Bayer. I've heard some rumblings that he might end up at Pitt. Um, shout out to my sources for that. Don't know if that's if that's accurate, but I, I did, could definitely see that they lost both their quarterbacks and then got a transfer from Boston College. So good place for him to go and, and transfer. If he does go to Pitt, then he is no longer um, welcome in any Penn State conversations. Um, and then Rodney McGraw, a backup, backup defensive end, is in the portal as well. No word on anything about him in terms of where where he'll go. I would not anticipate that we have many guys enter. Now, obviously, that can be, you know, we can, I can be totally wrong about that. And guys can, you know, those borderline starters, guys who might have a, a year left or so, um, I could see that happening to, you know, to get that starter spot and kind of, if they're a, a draft guy, if they're someone who's, you know, has the, the, the draft in mind, they can easily work their way up by going to start somewhere else and maybe get more eyes on them that way. But I just would anticipate, and Franklin mentioned it, that, um, he expect to have he expects to have all, if not a very close, full roster for the for the Rose Bowl, and as does um, Utah. So, I, and I mentioned, and I'll say this again: we'll talk more about the game and the matchups uh, of the New Year's Six games, and I'll go into some more detail about those as we get closer to them. Um, and we'll kind of dive obviously into the the Penn State Utah game and talk about that more. And I'm sure there will be some names that pop up in terms of maybe some portal guys transfer guys coming in to Penn State, more big names, you know, leaving schools and all that kind of good stuff. So we will dive into that uh, as well as we get closer. But uh, the portal this year, it just seems like there are like just way too many guys. And, you know, the port, it, it's good because it's, it's good and bad because it gives guys an opportunity to go elsewhere. 
and you know maybe play a lot more than they were anticipating at, at their current school not just picking on Penn State guys but going places they might have fallen down the depth chart there's other guys that came in took took some spots maybe injuries happened and you know they got bumped down in term in um, situations like Christian Bayer he was the starter I mean he was the the backup behind behind Sean Clifford and he came into the uh, the Rutgers game last year and did well and we won that game and I think a lot of people pegged him as the start the, the backup to to Clifford and uh, maybe this year you know you know, he would have gotten a lot more looks, obviously, but Drew Allar came in and took over those reins as the backup, and I think when that was announced uh, during training camp, right before the season started, I think that the, all the lights went off that he was going to transfer. I definitely thought he was going to transfer before the season ended, but it was no real surprise that he's in the portal. So I do wish him well, but if he goes to Pitt, don't don't come back. Um. Penn State is going to be thin in the quarterback room in terms of experience. I know Alar is the guy, and he got his reps in this year, more reps than a lot of other big-name quarterbacks got their freshman season. So not worried about that. It's just the guys behind him. It's another situation like we had last year where we knew Sean Clifford was the guy but didn't know anything about the guys behind him. You know, we had Taquan Roberson, we had Christian Bayer, but that was it. And... uh you know, you just, you just, you had no idea. And then obviously we found out, we, we had an idea when Roberson came in against Iowa and the season was completely flipped upside down and things just completely fell apart. So, you know, knock on wood, Alar stays healthy and that's the ideal situation. And he goes on a complete tear for 15 games and, you know, things end up in a perfect, perfect, perfect spot. But in the event that things happen and he's out for whatever, um, we have Bo Perbula, and then we have uh, Jackson Smolek um, coming in, Coming in, I think, in January. He's going to be an early enrollee. So, you know, Perbula having the season you know under his belt to go by that and everything, I think that helps. Obviously, he, I don't think, I don't think he saw the field at all. I think he was limited to just a practice field. But nonetheless... He still learned from Cliff, still learned from 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 Drew Aller, and learned whatever he could maybe from Christian Bayer. So he's gonna be the backup, and then Jackson Smolek, the kid from Iowa, coming in, um, kind of tabbed as a another Trace McSorley type of deal. And Prabula had that same that same um, you know description when when he was coming out of high school from the York area, shot the PA. But he um, he's gonna be the backup to Al- to Aller, and I mean. Hopefully, ideally, we don't need to say his name at all unless we're in the blowout situations, kind of like Alar was this year. So, you know, it's, it's going to be thin with experience, but they're, they're both talented guys behind him. And we got to see what you know, this Jackson Smollett kid can do. And the early enrollees, I, that is so crucial, especially for quarterbacks. And speaking of the portal and transferring, we've had some names uh, of coaches, um, obviously Manny Diaz, is a name that pops up now because you know he has a head coaching experience. But in terms of that, I would be surprised if we had a coach leave. I'd be surprised. Now, obviously it can happen, and obviously any player can leave, but I would be surprised if between now and the time the portal window window closes, which I don't remember when that is, but I would be surprised if there are any names in there 
that come out, either a coach leaving or a big name player leaving, where you see that name pop up and you're like, whoa, I did not see that coming. Like the Clemson quarterback. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his name. I've tried for two years now. I'm not going to try it. Um, he's, he's in the portal. And there's a lot of other guys, a lot of other big names where you're like, whoa, well, maybe you didn't see that coming. But if you look at the situation, you know, he's got he's got another freshman behind him, another five-star kid coming in, much like Clifford did this year. Um, but he stuck it out this season. Clemson, you know, 10-2, won the ACC and go into the Orange Bowl. Um, you know, it happens. And if you, you know, go somewhere, better situation, maybe, again, the, the NFL eyes can maybe be on you in a different situation because your name is somewhere else. It happened with Bo Nix when he transferred from Auburn to Oregon. And, you know, he had a hell of a season and a, you know, Heisman conversation type of season. Um, so you know, it'll be interesting. I, I would not anticipate us having a wow guy jump into the portal. Um, ideally, we get some of those wow guys to come to us. And we, if anything, now the situation we're in, build depth and have one of those impact players come in for, you're seeing a lot more guys now, honestly, though, who have two or three years left of eligibility. You know, we got the Arnold Epicades of the world who came in for a year and made the splash. Mitchell Tinsley, obviously that didn't go maybe as as planned. I don't know what the, what the expectations were for him. Obviously, they weren't going to be what they were at Western Kentucky numbers-wise. But he still made, you know, he still had a good impact. And he's he's a guy who, you know, people knew about him at Western Kentucky, but maybe coming to Penn State, more eyes were on him in a type, type of situation. But uh, it seems like a lot more guys are entering the portal who have those two or three years left of eligibility. So, you know, maybe we are looking for some of those guys to come in and make that that immediate one-year impact like Ebicady and like um, yeah, Mitchell Tinsley, but... Maybe we're looking at a Chop Robinson type of guy who had three years left of eligibility after being a freshman last year. So, you know, maybe we're looking at those types of guys. Um, so it's, it's, it's a fluid situation. James Franklin said it's hot and heavy. So I don't I forget when the window closes. I think it's a month or less that they have. And then guys have 10 days after the um, national title game to declare for the draft. <clears throat> and we'll have... We'll have a handful of guys, I guess, a small handful of guys who can make that decision. But I would be surprised if we had anybody leave early. I think we'll have more guys enter the portal than leave early. Parker Washington is probably the only borderline guy who I think could who I think could go. I don't think he will. But I think also, like I said about Olu a couple weeks ago, you know, these guys you know, they have their discussions with family, coaches, friends, whatever, whoever's in their inner circle. But then you know, they're having this conversation with, with their teammates and the guys who you know, the guys who ultimately know, hey, you know, if, if we run it back, if we get everybody and we run it back, we can do something. And Olu Fashanu mentioned that in the post he put out, you know, when he when he decided to come back, you know, the core that he had that we have, the young talent that we have those guys getting gaining some experience um you know next year we can have a, 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 a special special team so we, we i mean we have plenty of time to talk about that and trust me we i will spend a exhausting amount of time talking about what we can do next year um but in terms of guys who can leave early parker washington is one of those guys curtis jacobs one of those guys uh maybe kaden wallace um I'm trying to think of who else Kevon lee i think Kevon lee would enter the portal before he would declare early 
Uh, Johnny Dixon is another guy, but I, th- I think he comes back because he'll be a starter next year uh, with Kalen King. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who could go early. Adisa Isaac can go early. Um, I don't think he will. If he would have had two straight healthy seasons, yes, probably. But I think he's he's a guy, and we're deep at certain positions too. So I think that also plays a factor into it as well. But um, I, I don't. I think we'll have more guys in the portal than we will declaring early for the draft. So we'll just leave it at that, and we'll see. We'll see where things are at uh, once the game gets here. Still got plenty of time for guys to make decisions. I'm sure there will be guys who make decisions um, prior to the game, and then obviously. Anyone who's declaring early has has that 10-day window after the bowl game. I think it's 10 games or after the national title game. Um, all right. Um, so that's that's today. Like I said, uh, lots to talk about today. There's a lot going on in the world of college football, uh, and there will be more that goes on in the world of college football until we get to the national title game. So I will check back with you guys as we start to get closer to the, um, to the New Year's Six games. And as we obviously start getting closer to the Rose Bowl, we'll start talking about that, breaking down the matchup and all that kind of good stuff. Um, talk about any portal news that, that happens. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fast since the, the guys you know, do have a certain amount of time to make those decisions. I know um, coming up this weekend we have some official visits for high school guys and some of those portal guys coming in and taking their visits as well. So. This weekend might start the domino effect for some Penn State guys in terms of recruiting, in terms of transfer portals. So we'll have to see how how all that plays out. And if something does happen, something big happens, um, and it's worth jumping back on and doing a little snippet, I will I'll talk about it. But um, plan on taking uh, next couple weeks, generate some more content, start looking at um, the, the Utah game, start talking about that. Start putting some things together for everybody, putting some notes together, and then we will we will join back up as we get closer to the game. Uh, I appreciate the support as always. I uh, appreciate the listens. It's been fun again. Let's go for win number 11 on the year for the boys. Let's send the seniors out with a, out with a W and then start, start planning our routes for the playoffs next year. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the weekend. Always remember, we are.